to be a good doc filmmaker, it's all about, to me, curiosity. Even like the basic tenets of an interview with somebody, you come from a very open, no judgment, curious place. You're not putting your values or views on someone else. You're like really able to receive the way, what their truth is. That's Suzanne Barraza and Shay Laplace. I'm Cara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. Um, you know, I've known Shay f- since the beginning of Powerful Ladies, essentially. And when I got to experience Mountain Film Festival last year, it was so impactful for me about the topics that were covered and who was there and just the vibe. Uh, so I'm really excited to be sponsoring this year and, and getting to come back. Yay. Sorry, brisket's in the room, so there might be some jingle jangles in the background. <laughs> Your dog is brisket. That is so yes. cute. <laughs> um, but before I get too far along, let's just tell everyone who you are, where you are, and what you're up to in the world. Sure, Suzanne, you should probably go first. Okay. <laughs> I'm Suzanne Barraza, and I'm in Telluride, Colorado right now. And currently, I'm the festival director for Mountain Film Festival. Amazing. Um, I'm Shay Laplace. I am the marketing manager here at Mountain Film and a previous Powerful Ladies employee and lover of all things Cara Duffy. Um, we are in Tyride um, together. So, That's Well, I think, I think a lot of people are already wondering, like, what is this film festival? They've heard of uh, the Telluride Film Festival, but maybe not this one. So how are they different? What's the origin? What should people know about the festival itself? Mountain Film started in 1979, so not quite as old as TFF. We're about five years younger. And we sort of book in the summer in Telluride. We're Memorial Day weekend, they're Labor Day weekend. So we've always had a lot of affinity between the two festivals. We're a purely documentary film festival, while TFF is obviously many things. And... um, Another thing I think that's fun for people to know about Mountain Film is that in the very beginning, it was purely sort of a sports, climbing, mountaineering type festival. And then over the years, it kind of broadened into topics like um, environment and world cultures. And I'd say in the last probably 15, 20 years, it's, it's gone beyond that to issues like social justice and um, human rights issues and that kind of thing. So for me, that is a, a really exciting place. Like, I don't know if I could work at Mountain Film if it was still a purely sports-oriented adventure-type festival, but the kind of broadening that's happened over the years has been really exciting for me. Yeah, it seems like a very natural progression from adventure sports into this more cultural, you know, environmental activism space because it's all connected. Um, and I think... It's always nice to bring it back to the mission, which Mountain Film's mission is to inspire audiences through film, art, and ideas to go out and create a better world. And I think that you can really feel that when you experience it here, when you watch the films that we that we choose in the speaker series programming, the doc talks, the coffee talks. It really is about starting those conversations and everyone being a part of those conversations. That's what I think I loved about it so much was that so many areas of industries and worlds and conversations that I really enjoy were all happening at the same place. I also really got delighted by the fact that 
friends of mine from past lives were directors and showing films there. And I had no idea before I got there. So <laughs> that was crazy as well. Um, you know, when we think about documentary films and film festivals, there's a lot of ideas of what the celebrity side of it is like. And I didn't experience any of that bougie nonsense at this festival <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily most documentary filmmakers are pretty down to earth and they're not, it's not like you get into documentary films to make money. It's sort of like you're doing it because you're passionate about something and you really, really give a shit. And you're, so you're covering this issue or topic or covering this person's life story. So I think you're exactly right. There isn't sort of this, um, this bougie celebrity thing going on at mountain film. I'd say the biggest celebrity we have, coming this year is probably Jimmy Chen. Right. And he's someone who's taken the documentary film and just like blown up with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's kind of become a bit of a celebrity, but in general, we're just like four starving artists just trying to, like as Shay mentioned, trying to make the world a better place. Well, and you speak from experience as a filmmaker yourself, which I think is important to touch on. Yeah, I surely haven't. um, (laughs) I surely haven't made a living from being a filmmaker. How does your filmmaking career start? Um, how did it start? It started um, wow, a long time ago in 1999. I started out as, a, as an editor and I made a short film and I had, I'd been in the theater world before as a director and performer. So I, I you know, I love the arts and visual arts in particular. And um, I kept having my ideas in film more than in theater. So I thought, huh, maybe I should try to make a film. So I got some friends actually who worked for Terry Film Festival because I I have worked for Terry Film Festival as well for many years, and we just got together and made this short film. And I had to learn how to edit in order to finish the film. So after that, I sort of had a career in editing for about twenty years, and directed little projects here and there on the side. And and then in two thousand and eight, I started my first feature documentary, and I'm, I'm and I've made three. And what have they been about? Um, the first one is called Bagot. Um, that was about the overuse of plastic, single-use plastics, and its impact on the environment and ultimately on human health. And that film had a pretty good life. It was on Netflix, and um, it played over 3,000 times around the world. That was my most commercial success. And then after that, I've gotten, you know, gotten more and more vague. My uh, second film was called Uranium Drive-In, and that was um, funded by Sundance Institute. That um, was about a uranium mining town near near where we are now that had, had gone bust and their hope to bring mining and milling back. Like there was a promise of a mill coming back and how that just made people really excited and sort of what happened after that. And then my uh, third film, which my most recent film was called Massacre River, takes place in the Dominican Republic in Haiti about um, the Dominican changing their citizenship laws to say to do away with birthright citizenship and make it that you had to have at least one parent who was Dominican. So over 200,000 people of Haitian descent who were born in Dominican lost their citizenship. But so following a family in that story. All super interesting in topics. Yeah. <laughs> the fastest nutshell possible. <laughs> no, but I, I want to go back and make sure I'm watching all of those because those all sound fascinating. You know, I, I think that's what impressed me the most about mountain film was every film that was available i was mad if i couldn't see it yeah (laughs) 
and like trying to be like, no, I'm not going to eat lunch today. I need to see more films. Like, where can I grab a smoothie and just keep going? And they were all so thought provoking. But, you know, we think often that documentaries about social justice or environmental causes can be like really heavy and dense. And what I thought was also really beautiful about last year's selection was there were really big conversations happening in the films and in the conversations that you guys set up after them. But they were always in a space of, yeah, there's a lot of things going wrong. Here's what it is. Here's how we can fix it. But there was so much hope running through all of the films from last year. What do you think are things people can expect from the films this year? Are there any themes that you see rising? Well, we definitely, and you can touch on this as well, we definitely have kind of a a theme with our speakers and with a couple of our feature films about the future of technology, artificial intelligence, robots, chat GPT, um, gaming, um, f- the future of finance and how much of it has turned online and, uh, and, and also how a lot of it we don't really completely understand and it's just sort of growing without complete <laughs> yeah. knowledge. And it feels like we're really trying to open up a conversation that couldn't be more relevant. Um, And while it is, we've we've gotten some reaction that it's a little outside the typical box that people try to put mountain film into to talk about technology and AI and these things, but it actually, it's totally relevant. It's relevant to all of us. It's relevant to our lives, relevant to our future. It's all connected. Um, I think there's also definitely an environmental theme this year. Our guest director is Bill McKibben. So that put a real environmental focus on the festival. Um, and so there's some amazing conversations happening around climate change and conservation. And we have some really great films in that regard as well. Definitely some conversations about the Western water crisis as well. Being where we are, we are kind of very kitty corner to the, to the center of the epicenter of that um, crisis. And so there's some really important conversations there as well. Um, but it's always hard to say a theme because in the past, the festival did have a theme every year. Um, we no longer like force that. We sort of, it seems like it, we let it happen, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I would say there's also a lot of, there's always a lot of really interesting films that sort of bridge the gap between culture and what's happening to people in the world and the environment and how it all is, is very connected to one another. Yeah. Cause we have, you know. Um, I think about The Grab and I think about Patrol. And then last year, um, you loved The Territory. That film was so yes. great. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead. I know I've just told so many people about it. I'm like, And I think I've mentioned it maybe 50 times on this podcast. <laughs> I just, love it. Because <laughs> we'll bring up, like, because it was just such an amazing experience for me overall. And to see into that world and to see more people that I want to be spending time with and associating with, like it, it just felt really great. Like I fit into that environment. And mm-hmm. I think that's, what's been getting me excited about talking about the films and to go again this year of, you know, that this podcast was almost called the awesome and the up to something. And when I think about who's coming to that festival and showing and presenting and all the people involved, they really are focusing their lives on being up to something that matters to them and doing something about it. And, you know, to the point you mentioned earlier, not necessarily doing it for, for fame or glory or the money side of it. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Um, yeah. And part of why I loved the territory so much was like the, the so many layers were in it. 
And what I thought was the most fascinating part was even, I wasn't expecting a conversation about indigenous people in the Amazon to also go into um, allowing people to have their own space for their voice. And that whole conversation of, you know, a bunch of white guys from the U.S. wanting to do this film and then having to give it over at levels beyond their expectations for the storytelling, it was, that was a whole, everything had so many layers to it, which I thought was really fascinating and intellectually stimulating also. Yay, Yay. love to hear that. <laughs> and there's definitely some films in that vein this year that would, that definitely having a similar conversation Um I think there's some films you're going to really love. And yeah, I think, you're going to mind blown. Yeah, Yay. there's there's one world premiere that, I mean, we can talk about this because it's already been announced. And also, we're announcing the whole lineup on Wednesday. So I'm sure by the time this is out, this will all be common knowledge. But um, Trees and Other Entanglements is a world premiere that we have that is really layered. And I think the way that you see the world, Kara, as an individual, you are going to love that film. Yeah, we, we're really excited to have that film premiering. It's an HBO film. So we're getting to premiere it at Mountain Film right before it goes on to HBO. And she it's a fabulous woman director, um, Irene Taylor. And she had done all kinds of films for HBO. She's a super talented, badass woman. I love that. <laughs> you know, when we think there's so many parts to running a film festival, give people a rundown of just a list of all the different people and things that you need to be thinking about to make a festival come to life. Uh, well, it's, you know, we work year round, which people are just like, hey, how do you work year round? You know, like, it's only a five day festival. And I mean, for sure, when the festival is over, we do have a little breathing space and we all go on vacation and we sort of take that time. But Pretty much quickly, we get rolling again. Part of it is that we have a grants program. So we have a Mountain Film Commitment Grant. We have an Emerging Filmmaker Fellowship. So we start working on that, you know, late summer, you know, uh, getting in new talent, new filmmakers that we may not know, um, trying to support those filmmakers. That's a big part of Mountain Film's mission is, mm -hmm. is filmmaker support. With that, but without filmmakers, we don't have a festival. So we want to love, honor, and support as best we can. So we start with the grants program. We start planning our speaker series really early because that's something we can do ahead of time. We're just like, okay, what can we do? Let's we we bring in like between ten and fifteen different speakers. Shay mentioned that we have Bill McKibben for this year. He's like a huge um, activist, author. So we're thrilled to have him. So, and he's, um, so we, we'll start looking for a guest director. We'll start looking for our guest speakers. And then film submissions open up. And we're watching between us, our screening committee, and our programmers, we're watching over 700 films to get it down to, you know, a little over 100. So that's, uh, that's quite an extensive process. Yeah. It feels like that, that feels like a lot of the year of like that piece because it's so much time for one, but then it's also like making sure that we're taking into account different perspectives on each film because not everyone reacts the same, um, which has been one of the most interesting things about this job to me, seeing how different people react to different films. And we all, I mean, a lot of us come from different backgrounds. So I didn't have a background in film coming into this, but definitely has sparked my interest in film further and has made me, you know, wonder if I made a documentary someday, what would I make it about? And how long would it be? Because the thing that I've taken away most is shorter is always better. Seems like, like it almost always, yeah. Because people just, 
it's so your heart project, so it's so hard to cut it down. But we're we're watching 700 films. I mean, Suzanne and, and, and Lucy, especially, watching so many films. It's like, if it can't hold your attention in the first three minutes, you're like, oh God, I have so many more films to watch kind of thing. <laughs> it seems like that's a... Seems harsh, but you know. It's, yeah. it's I mean... Yeah, you can tell pretty quickly if the film um, has what it takes. And you know what's happened more and more often that I've seen over the past, um, I've I've been in the job now six years, is um, films have become very pretty. Like the cinematography, people spend so much time on on the cinematography, but they forget the most fundamental thing, which is story. It's all about the story. In fact, the cinematography doesn't have to be amazing, but you have to have that strong foundation of something Mm -hmm. that really pulls people in. So whenever I'm doing like workshops for university students or just talking to different people, I'm just like, don't, I mean, sure, cinematography is great, but you really have to focus on story. So that's kind of where we end up. We end up with like a hundred, a little over a hundred films that are just really strong stories and um from there you know it just goes on to the really boring nitty-gritty stuff like the logistics and the travel yeah. and the stipends i mean it just goes on and on and on the marketing it's just yeah crazy. there's year-round communication right so my job is definitely like i can't really step away because we have to be communicating at all times it's it's a year-round thing because the second that we leave we leave people's minds we start you know, leaving the, the sphere of influence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the communication happens year-round, and because we're a nonprofit, there's fundraising year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of that. That is definitely a huge piece of the year-round aspect of Mountain Film. But I mean, there's there's a person whose role is to take care of of lodging and travel and accommodation for the filmmakers that we bring here and for the speakers that we bring here. Um, and then there's a lot of the tech stuff that, like, I'm super unfamiliar with, but we bring on how many employees for the two weeks, three weeks of the festival, like starting in a week, we have like over a hundred additional technical employees coming in that are doing, you know, theater management and projection, projection, rigging, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, it really, we go from this teeny tiny staff after the festival. I mean, I think there's like eight of us after the festival, if that maybe six to by the time the festival, we have over a hundred staff members. And so, this time of year right now, the office starts to feel really full. Which is why we're crowded <laughs> into my office because it's like chaos out there. Mm. Yeah, I would say that it's definitely a lot of different roles. And I, the, the, the film choice piece is definitely a huge part that takes everybody. And then in like programming coordinator and you and Lucy all sit down and it's like, okay, now we have to make it all fit into these shorts programs into these features with maybe a short playing before and into this matrix of a schedule. Yeah. And we have X amount of theaters and X amount of time slots. And that to me is like, Oh my God. Like that's, I can't believe how you guys go through that process. Um, And as you know, from having been here, it's not um, a lot of film festivals will do only screenings at night and like three venues, but we're going like nine, 8am, 8am to 11pm seven, eight venues all over the place and just constantly doing programs. So it is, it is a lot. It's and fun. it's beyond just films, right? Like there is, there are the speaker series, the doc talks, the copy talks. And in addition, we do have the like parties and stuff. And then we also have free range programs. The North Face as our, as our presenting sponsor comes in and does, you know, 
a whole you know slew of programming of their own, which is amazing and definitely offers a lot of value to the core of the festival's you know mission to like get people outside and have conversations with the people that you look up to, especially in that adventure space. Um, and taking the people from your adventure space and having broader conversations, which mm-hmm. is always really exciting and super, to me, a core part of the festival. Um, and yeah, we can talk about some of the specifics of this year as we move forward, but there's some really exciting stuff this year. Well, I, it's such a rich program. There's like, like I said, you really can't have breaks for bathrooms or eating the entire time if you want to see <laughs> everything. Um, but again, it's it's not just rich in the programming and the conversation and the films, but the variety of people are there is something I'm still so amazed by to have uh, to sit in a conversation with, you know, New York Times uh, writers and other journalists, and then to have another conversation with environmental activists and people doing uh, camping expositions from kids from urban environments. Like there are so many different people there who probably would never be in the same space at the same time for any other reason except this festival. And what is amazing to me is how, like, part of why I wanted to have you guys uh, on the podcast and why I want to be a sponsor of the film festival is that everyone should know about this. Like, Ah. for the work, but really for the work that you guys are doing and what you're creating from an experience and a conversation level, like all the things that you're doing, that you... I want it to be a situation where you guys just have like money showing up from everywhere and people showing up to volunteer for things because we need more of of this dialogue and more of these films and more of these conversations happening. And when I hear people like living in Southern California right now, so many people send their kids or have lived in Colorado or Boulder, right? Like I feel like Orange County in particular is like a Boulder (laughs) extension program. And it's like, why does everyone here not know about this when there's so many people here with connections to film and media and just money, frankly? It's like, no, guys, like everyone needs to know about this. So how can I be a missionary for you? It sounds like you are right there. Yeah, you're you're doing great. Yeah. I think it's funny connecting the powerful ladies and mountain film it's this moment of fruition for me because being a part of powerful ladies when you started the powerful conversation series that was sort of this moment of all the things that i think matter most in the world and and seeing how that can kind of come together with whatever it is that you do um and for for suzanne the powerful conversation series was something that kara started I think it was particularly during Black Lives Matter was our first one yep. where we sat down with a panel of really amazing women of color and had a really open conversation about what racism really does look like and how it, you know, what that experience is and and what people can be doing as allies and advocates and using your privilege for the better. Um, and those conversations are, were so powerful and it was such a part of, mm-hmm. of it became such a part of you and your brand and everything that you're doing. And it felt like this perfect moment. And then I come to my job at Mountain Film and I was like, this is kind of like a larger scale, bigger version of that with, with hundreds of voices. And I I just love that connection. And I think we're sort of a a match made in heaven. So I love to hear that you, you know, enjoyed the festival so much and are so excited to be joining us again. 
Well, I, I I just believe so much in the power of having the hard conversations and they don't have to be labeled as hard. Like that's what I think I'm using that term for general public idea of like what things we're talking about. But there's, I really believe that if the right people are at the table, we can fix anything. And so often we're just not getting people in the same space or we're not being brave enough to talk about something because we're worried about what will happen. And it's like, it's a conversation. Like, most people, when you ha- are talking around a table, are very civilized. Right. right. So show up, like you're saying. Yeah. And and people want exposure to the real experience and the actual information versus it being filtered so many times over. And through, I think, documentary films and through real in-person, literally roundtables, you're getting the firsthand experience from people and being able to engage and ask questions because, you know, with the, how, where social media in particular has taken us, we're getting much more bubbled conversations versus of the variety of them. So we almost have to force getting exposed to people who aren't like us and who haven't had our experience and who have different ideas because it's so easy to get siloed now into just talking to a bunch of people who also like rock climbing. And you're like, well, okay. Yeah. The echo chamber. So, um, finding organizations like you guys who are wanting to tell the variety of stories and talk about things that can make people uncomfortable, like even AI as a, as a topic, people have a lot of opinions. Most people don't have any idea what's happening with it. Like, no one really knows like what's real and what's not. And is it doomsday? Is it, is it helpful? Like how afraid should we be? Should we not be like, there's most people are in a space of a million questions. Right. So who actually has answers and can we talk to them? Because otherwise we're just asking each other the same questions over and over again and philosophizing, which is fine, but it's not actually giving us information to make better choices from. Right. It doesn't sort of encourage the growth, which is the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. And what, something I've been talking to a lot of clients about lately is being, I get surprised when people aren't curious. Mm-hmm. So how, how does curiosity play into your lives individually, but also a value of the film festival as well? Well, I always, I, that's something as well that I talk to young filmmakers about is to be a good doc filmmaker it's all about, to me, curiosity. And even like the basic tenets of, a, of, a, of an interview with somebody, if you come from a very open, no judgment, curious place, you're not putting your values or views on someone else. You're like really able to receive the way, what their truth is. Because obviously, many times it's so different than what you believe in your truth. Mm-hmm. But if you are in an empathetic, open place and your heart is there for them so that's where like curiosity to me is the most amazing thing in the world <laughs> just like it, it it sparks creativity so it's to me it's like i'm so happy you said the word because i'm always like curiosity, curiosity, <laughs> be there. it's the foundation for the whole thing yeah right yeah having that desire or that drive to know more is I mean, in a way, I'm very much a foundation of what of what makes the festival happen and what makes yes. mountain film exist, right? Like 
if we didn't have curiosity, there wouldn't be a connection. We wouldn't be drawing that connection between the outdoor sports world and climate change. And we wouldn't be drawing that connection between climate change and culture and human rights issues and, and how those all of these things are are connected. And, you know, it's it goes back to like, you know, the circle of life in Lion King. When you're a kid, you're learning about how everything is connected. And that stays true. And I talk a lot with my friends and Kara and I have talked about this a lot. Where we are in the world today is the most intersectional it could possibly be. Yeah. Everything affects yeah. everything. And so when we realize that, then you have to start digging deeper and you have to stay curious. You have to start asking more questions because you can't, somewhere along the line, the dots don't connect if you're not asking the question. I would say too, like uh, if you're a mountain film guest coming and you don't have a curious mind, you're probably not going to like the festival. Right. You're going to be you're going to be frustrated by it because there're going to be issues or opinions that come forth in discussions that you're not going to agree with and you're just going to be kind of pissed. And we get that kind of person that comes to mountain film that is very set in their ways, extremely closed, and they're they're the ones that usually reach out to us and said, "I can't believe you did that talk about whatever." So <laughs> yeah. But the perfect mountain film guest is one that approaches the festival with openness and curiosity, because then you're going to, you're going to just hear things or learn about things that completely shatter your world in a good way. Like it's something that's right. needed to go away. You've had some kind of deep belief that just doesn't serve you anymore. And the way that you can have that confrontation mm -hmm. to that belief Whatever it might be, we'll be at a place like Mountainville when there are so many guests showing different perspectives and ideas and philosophies. So I would say for anyone out there on your podcast who's thinking of coming to the festival, just really give yourself that challenge of coming with an open heart. Yeah. And a curious mind. And a curious mind. <laughs> it's such a nourishing weekend. And I think that's the word that comes up for me a lot is that when people talk about mountain film, they talk about feeling refreshed. They talk about feeling hopeful. They talk about feeling galvanized. And these are these are words that we want people to feel. And yeah. I think for me personally, the world doesn't feel like as hopeful of a place if I'm not shattering some of my beliefs and starting again and moving. And I start to feel stagnant if I'm not doing that. If we're not shifting the tectonic plates of how we think, then we're not we're not growing in the same yeah. way. And for me, that's like the worst, the worst concept in the world is to not be constantly growing and learning and nourishing myself and the people around me. Because when you come to Mountain Film, you will leave and you will nourish other people in your lives with the things that you learn. So. Well, and, and I've been talking a lot about with clients also about getting out of our regular space. You know, I think in how much digital marketing impacts every business today and people are like, oh, like this is happening on TikTok or Instagram slowing down or my emails aren't working. I'm like, okay. I'm like, when's the last time that you went and talked to people who you shouldn't be in that circle normally? When have you left your house? When have you invited someone you don't know for a coffee? Like, I think we forget that how everything in the world works is through interaction with each other and ideally in conversation and in real life. And we get stuck there. So even to me, going to something like Mountain Film is also about who can you meet and what can inspire you. And like I left with so many ideas and like, oh, I want to follow up with this company, this brand, and how can I hang out with them more? Because 
you know, we think so often that everything has to be so sales oriented, but it's just like, who do you want to have in your circle? Because you know, if you're with these people, you don't know what it is yet, but amazing things are going to come next. And at a minimum, you have some cool friends that you didn't have before. So just being able to insert yourself into an environment like that, where you guys are doing the heavy lifting of who's all the cool people that are coming. And we just have to show up, honestly. Like, it's really rare that it's that easy to be like, just show up. You're going to meet people. You're going to talk. Mm-hmm. And you hit something on the head there, Kara. I think that a lot of it too is like sort of authentic and kind of come to that word of authentic integration yes. and meeting of people, as opposed to a lot of times you go to events and the, the sales and marketing is kind of hitting you over the head and it just feels super forced and it's not, doesn't feel great. But um, I feel like the mountain film space that's we really strive for it to be an authentic meeting space. Mm-hmm. Networking beyond for the sake of networking and ne- yep. networking from a place of passion and from the gut and from the heart. And just shared values. I mean, yeah, for the common good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. What are some of your favorite moments from mountain films of the past? Hmm. My God, there are so many. Yeah. I have my two favorites written down from last year because though I worked for Mountain Film last year was my first festival that I got to attend. Um, There was a moment um, where Milk, who is a singer-songwriter who attends our festival and this year has a film in the festival, um, she was speaking about sort of the state of the world and um, she said that hope is a discipline. And I wrote, I think I started crying when she said that because we're in, we were at that time still really on the sort of precipice of whether or not we were going to leave this pandemic way of life behind um, and what was going to come of it, how we were going to grow. The uncertainty of what's next was really consuming. And she said that in reference to sort of the grander scheme. And it just hit me really hard over the head. Um, and I just think that's so important to remember that in order to stay hopeful, you do have to be disciplined because if you lose sight of that, you it's very easy to fall into the negativity and the sort of deep darkness and fear of how big everything feels right now and how intense everything feels and how unsolvable things can feel. And that was at the very beginning of the festival. Um, so for that to sort of be the, the catalyst from which my weekend started was really amazing. Um, and then my other favorite moment, I've had a lot, but these were the ones that I wrote down because they were quotes that I, I keep in my phone and I turn back to, um, the other one was, uh, in, a, in the long of long and short of it program last year, there was a film called stranger at the gate. Um, and that film is about a, I think he's an Afghanistan veteran and how hateful he was towards the people of the Middle East because of his time in the service and his essentially his healing journey coming totally all the way back from it. Um, And he spoke after his screening and he was talking about the state of our country and the divisiveness of our country. And that's something that I really struggle with, um, seeing it in my own family, within my friendships, things like that. And he said, a room full of people formed this nation. There's no reason that a room full of people can't change it. And that, that feeling is so powerful to know that like 
maybe we're not in politics and maybe we're not on the floor in Congress, but there is still power in being a room full of people who believe that we can do something. When you resign your hope or belief that you can make a change, then you really, you really have given up and, and you resign any chances of making anything happen and you accept that things are going to stay the way they are. So those are my two, two of my favorite moments from last year. <laughs> and with that quote, you give up your power. Mm-hmm. Like you surrender it and your agent breaks my heart more. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sure you have a lot of them. Well, it's almost like I was just thinking about it. I have been involved as a filmmaker or a volunteer um, doing different things with staff for so long, for like over 25 years. That it's it seems crazy, but it's almost hard for me to synthesize like all that time and right. come up with like one with, with, with so many because there's just so many. I'm like, oh, I could talk about him. I could talk about him. Mm-hmm. Um, like Paul Watson with Sea Shepherd coming and Cynthia mm-hmm. uh, Sylvia Earle with who's a ocean conservationist and Paul Hawken who wrote the book Drawdown. He was an amazing speaker and and um, so it's it's almost like um, it's been such a I'll I'll say this. Mountain film, going to mountain film in particular is what started me on the path of becoming a filmmaker. So that's been my big inspiration moment. Like I, I saw these films and I heard these speakers and I was so, so, felt so empowered that I just thought, well, why, why couldn't I do this? Why wouldn't I be able to make a film and hopefully make a difference or or have voice try to give people voice and so i guess that's been the main the main impact that mountain film has had on my life is it just changed the complete trajectory of my career and who i am so that's pretty big that's pretty amazing (laughs) we talked very briefly about power and what that means so i'd love to hear from you guys what do the words powerful and ladies mean to you and do their definitions change when they're put next to each other? Hmm. I wasn't expecting this one. I think to me, especially in the scope of, of maleness, power often has a pretty negative, can have a pretty negative connotation because it, a lot of very powerful people are also just not very ethical or honest people. And it feels like it's kind of tainted the word. Um, So um, something that my mother used to say to me as I was growing up, I I was never an aggressive person at all. I was pretty, you know, I was very much a people pleaser, peacemaker kind of person in our family. But she was like, you can be assertive and not be aggressive. So to me, power is that. It's being assertive and and holding your, your, your place and your voice, but not being aggressive. And not doing it at the expense of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with ladies, when you, when you put that, or I don't know if you said ladies or women, we're, I guess we're both. Yeah. But, but I think that women have to, I have to work harder at it than my male contemporaries. I have so many male filmmaker friends that are like, Suzanne, you just, you just need to push more. Like you need to be more of a, you know, of a just just go out there and just because I'm always like underplaying how much I want to get paid or underplaying I'm like why the hell do you do that so this I'm, this is a, something I'm continue to work on is how to not feel like being powerful is bad or mm-hmm. wanting to be paid an equitable wage or that's not greedy or that's not 
necessarily um, a horrible thing. It's just like finding your value and believing in your value. I think as women, we just don't believe in our value. Mm -hmm. Often. Yeah. Yeah. I think I answered this question at some point on my last episode with you, but um, I think my definition has changed a little bit because I, my awareness of how other people see me has changed. Um, I definitely still feel like being a powerful lady does mean being unapologetic because I think it is really challenging for women to be unapologetic. It is a lesson that I think I do better at in certain times and certain places in my life than others. Um, but I still think that's really important. Um, and I think for me recently, power has returned a little bit more to finding my softness and embracing some of my sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely am realizing in my late twenties that I am a very sensitive person, that my perceptiveness, my gut, my intuition, those things affect me a lot. And realizing that people do perceive me as aggressive in certain scenarios has really changed the narrative inside of me. And um, one of our coworkers prints out an amazing quote for me about how I'm not aggressive, I'm assertive. And if my assertiveness makes you uncomfortable, that is not my problem, basically. (laughs) And I love that because I am learning to find balance between like, sometimes I... I do come off too strong and it's okay to like learn from that moment and be like, wow, maybe the way I perceived that moment wasn't, you know, that way or how the other person perceived it. And understanding perception has been a huge part of my understanding of power recently. Um, And definitely understanding the power and vulnerability. I think I was definitely raised to believe that being strong and out like physically strong and outwardly tough and not letting cracks show um, was a way to become powerful and for people to perceive your power. And that's a very masculine sense, mm-hmm. but that's changing a lot for me. And I think when you put powerful ladies next to each other, it's all about sort of that, that ebb and flow and that sliding scale of like, women can be both powerful and also soft. Mm-hmm. And sometimes softness is powerful. And sometimes sensitivity is powerful. And I think about like the connection between the word sensitivity and intuition, because intuition is so much more active. It gives you so much more agency versus sensitivity feels really passive, but they're, they're very similar words. Like I'm very sensitive to how other people are speaking and behaving. And it's, triggering my intuition. It's triggering something that I'm feeling, you know? I think all of that sort of comes together in women. And I love that sort of witchy female intuition too. So I follow that. I think there's magic in power in women, especially when the two are combined. Um, And I agree with everything Suzanne said too. Like as as a woman, the expectation is totally different. We've talked about my brother a lot. My brother is amazing, so smart, so successful. But his whole thing, he's like, lie, Shay. You want to get that job? Lie. Get it. Go get the job. You'll figure it out once you're there. And I'm like, oh, I can't live like that, you know, or whatever. (laughs) This male sense of like, who cares? You're not going to get caught. Just do it. Like, that's something that women don't live with. But I think... For sure, yeah. Yeah. But I think in this stage of my life, I'm trying to learn a little bit more of that. A little bit more of that sort of 
blind confidence that women aren't yeah. that's necessarily instilled with. I think it's a really interesting journey to be looking at the using power to understand when you should use the feminine skill set versus the masculine skill set and the fact that I feel privileged that women are are allowed to have both sides today more than they have been and more than other genders are allowed to right now culturally. So how can we how can we know what kind of dial to use to get done what we need to or speak up for who we need to or to move things in the way that um, we want to be a contribution? I, it's just it's really interesting. So I really feel the how are you using both sides and what is when do you need to lean into one more than the other? You know, we ask everyone on the podcast where they put themselves in the powerful lady scale. So if zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and on an average day? Goodness gracious. Um, I'd say I feel like, wait, wait what was, what was average? Zero. <laughs> zero. Okay. I'd say I feel like a good six, seven most days. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel pretty confident in my, in my abilities. And I also have this kind of underlying belief that you just, not the fake it till you make it, but you just have to go for it. Like find what you really want and just don't let people tell you no. I tell you when I have an idea or or something that I want to do and, and someone says no to me, it almost makes me like a bulldog where I'm just like, I'll just show you, just you wait, you know, like you can't do that. That just makes me like, I'll show you. I mean, I I really think that kind of tenacity is is how I was Mm -hmm. able to, to make films because, you know, I didn't know shit from Chanel. Like how to make a film, how to, how to fund it, how to make the, get the funding, how to, you know, get it on Netflix, none of that stuff. You just have to kind of, really push forward. That was kind of a long answer to say. Today? How do you feel? Today, lately, yeah. I'd say around there. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is always a tough question for me because I think on an average day, sometimes I probably lie closer to like a four. Like I always feel like there's so much for me to learn. And when I say that, I, I don't mean it in like a helpless way or in a in a lack of power in more of the sense that like I'm just not at my full capacity I'm not young me too you've done so much for your age like I'm old <laughs> so you're, like I when I was Shay's age I was like probably two so honey you got some good brain sense and time thank you <laughs> yeah I think I live at about a four where I'm like, I just know there's so much more. Like I am, I do feel powerful and I do feel like I'm capable. And I definitely have days where I'm like, all I do is disappoint people and I fall short. And that's a ter- that's a terrible day. And so the balance of that lands me somewhere around four. I think today, and I think I said this last time too, today having this conversation, this puts me at more like six, seven, eight. Yeah, baby. You know, because it's so good <laughs> to like talk about what we're doing. You're wicked smart. Oh, thank you. I think yeah. you're amazing. Yeah. You're so smart. Look at we three documentaries. Yeah, that was pretty cool. This is a fun, amazing to me, like meeting of the mind. So this feels really special. And this is the kind of stuff that matters most to me. And 
So today, definitely closer to a seven or eight because the power just feels off the, off the charts when we come together and have a conversation. And knowing that I get to be a part of what Mountain Film is and what festival goers experience, that is so important to me. And, and just allowing it, I think, and, and having the support mm-hmm. because I think we can start to feel like our energy and our, our power sort of drains and just, you know, I, I love it when women support and encourage and nourish other women, this whole thing where some, I mean, it's like a really ugly type of woman that just wants to push other women down so they can feel better about themselves. Mm. Fuck that. You know, I think we are, should all be about mentoring, loving, and supporting each other. One of the most powerful we can be as a collective and also as individuals. We've talked about this at length that like, because women are instilled with that individualistic nature the same way, we do have an ability to sort of innately get together and and make shit happen and, Mm -hmm. and say, let me let me lift you up. It's not going to put me down to lift you up Mm -hmm. because I know I'm going to need your hand too. And I think that that's really beautiful. And, you know, at Mountain Film, we do have almost an entirely female year round staff. And I think that's really special as much as it's important to have diversity and have men and women, people of all backgrounds. um, I I love having an all female staff and Kara as a fellow, all girls school, (laughs) you know how, I mean, I, I never realized how powerful that was. Being in a room of all women is, is so important and has so much power. So, yeah. Well, for um, everyone who is excited to attend Mountain Film, submit films for the future, figure out how they can support, sponsor, all the things, where can they go to find, follow, get tickets, all that? So on Instagram, we are at Mountain Film, all one word all lowercase, um, and mountainfilm.org is our website. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a sponsor or donating to organizations connected with films, um, there's a get involved tab at the top and there's lots of places to put your money there. Um, that's sponsoring, that's donating, and that's also our take action initiative, as well as where you'll find the commitment grants and emerging filmmaker information. Those applications don't open again until the fall. Um, and same thing with submitting a film. That'll be under the festival tab to submit a ta- uh, to submit a film. Um, really? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that deadline, I think, or that submissions will open again in the fall as well. I think typically late October, early November. Um, the festival this year is from May 25th to the 29th here in Telluride, Colorado. Um, passes are available on our website. The schedule will be going live next week, so you'll be able to see all of the films and everything that's happening. Um, I did want to take a moment to mention that this year's festival is dedicated to Hillary Nelson, who was a very much a pillar of our community and of the Mountain Film um, family who lost her life um, in the in fall Montesloo. on Montesloo, um in the Himalaya. And um, we're going to have a big party celebration um, in her honor and an amazing um, tribute to her with a film that's never been seen before. So lots of amazing things going around. And she is a, truly such a powerful lady that we all have so much to learn from still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's the long and short of it, to say the least. Passes are available. Yeah, Please okay. buy them and come. And there's still accommodation available in town as well. Um, yeah. Well, and we've been also asking everyone as our last question of the day, 
What do you need? How can we help you? This is a very powerful community. Our audience has, you know, lots of access and resources as well. So what are you trying to manifest? What do you want? What do you need? I kind of believe that um, the number one thing is for people to come and experience the festival. Instead of just saying, oh, donate or support, I feel like you really have to experience it mm-hmm. to understand and to feel completely engaged and involved and like you want to. And I almost I almost don't even want people to support the festival if they've never been. Because you know, yeah. I mean, that sounds stupid, but but it's it like you know, it's like a it's like a magic soup. You just come drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> you understand like what's what's happening. So yeah. I would I guess my thing would be to please come to the festival and experience it. It's, you know, obviously it's hard to get to Telluride and um, people have very busy lives. But once you t- take, allow yourself to have the space and and know that maybe you need it. Like it's almost like going to a yoga retreat or somewhere for you to take care of you and fill your cup. So that's really what Mountain Film is. You're, you'll go on beautiful hikes. You'll see amazing films. You'll hear incredible speakers. And you'll get recharged and ready to kind of face another year when sometimes the news isn't so great. There's so many yeah. things happening in our world and things that are anti, anti-female, anti-woman, mm-hmm. that this can be a place for you to, to uh, become recharged and re-energized. Yeah. I will say Cheryl Strait comes every year. She's a very well-known author, did Wild Tiny. She has a Hulu series, Tiny Beautiful Things wrote the book, Tiny Tiny Beautiful Things, which I highly recommend. That's exactly what she says to me when she comes. She says, this is my opportunity to prepare and and be filled again so that I can kind of face the world. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of energy that we're hoping that we can provide for people. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, we love donations. Of course, that's great. More money in the pot gives us you know, more opportunity to share and to do more things. I think that's great. But I, I think that passes is the most important thing. Buy a pass, come to the festival, experience it. If you're someone who has, you know, time and money and wants to go big, do a donation pass, do an Ama de Blom, do a patron pass and come and experience it in its in complete, most luxurious entirety and interact with the filmmakers in intimate settings and put yourself in the room. I think... The thing about mountain film is you're putting yourself at the table and you're putting yourself in the room with the people who you want to be in the room with when it comes to changing the world. And that would be the biggest thing. Buy your passes. Come and see us. If you have questions, people can hit me up on my personal Instagram task questions as well. Um, I'm more than happy to, to talk to people on the phone about accommodation and where, you know, all those things. I'm more than happy to, to have those conversations with people who are interested in coming because it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for taking time today to share about yourselves and Mountain Film. I'm so excited to see you, Shay, and to meet you in a few weeks. Um, I'm just really excited to be there, and I'm going to keep recruiting people uh, and up until I get into the car. So Perfect. <laughs> um, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much. And just thank you for being people in the world who are doing things you love and living into your passions. So um, we need more people doing that. So thank you for leading the charge. And thank, thank you, you for having us. We really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for sharing. Tons and of gratitude. Yeah, we can't wait to go. <laughs> <laughs>
All the links to connect with Mountain Film, Suzanne, and Shay are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope we're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love. <laughs>